Hello, my friends. Welcome to Pet Talk, forever in my heart. I'm Derek Hart, your host, and I'm here to help you with all things related to your deep relationship with your beloved pet. Our little dogs and cats and other animal friends have a much shorter life than we do, but yet they often create so much love in our lives, often unconditional love, often the kind of love that we might not so easily have with people. We can make mistakes, we can have a bad day, we can even get mad at our dog or depressed with our cat, and they just want to cheer us up as soon as possible. So why am I here? What is the purpose of this show? I believe the purpose is for you to never feel alone when difficult things happen with your animal friend. Sometimes your pet gets sick. Sometimes this lasts a long time. And sometimes you have to put your close friend to sleep and say goodbye. This is such a personal experience. And often, the people around you might not know how to best support you with the passing of your pet. Usually the people that have lost their own pet are better at this because they know what you're going through. So I'm here to uplift you, to inspire you, to remember how much love this being brought into your life. But I also want to help you know exactly, and I mean exactly, what to do to let the sad feelings move through you so you can remember the good times once again if you do have to say goodbye to your pet. If your pet was here with you now, he or she would want this for you. Can you picture it? Would your dog sit in your lap and just say, Why are you so sad? We had a great time together. Would your cat sit purring beside you and say, Hey there, I provided you with a lot of comfort, and even though I was a bit standoffish, I want you to know I appreciated the home you gave me. This pet show is here, and I'm here, to help you remember how much joy you had when you met the right animal friend for you. You remember that when you first met? To be on the show and to get support, please call me at 877-712-1446. And now Janice Wolf, our canine behavior expert, is going to say a few words about loss and bereavement of your pet. Unfortunately, no matter how well we take care of our pets, there is that time that comes when we have to say goodbye. Some of us have to help nature along, which is a very difficult decision. And other pets maybe do us a favor and go on their own quietly. Still others meet terrible fates like being killed tragically in car accidents or through other ways. But there's another type of grieving that we also can face when we lose a pet, but we don't know what happened to the pet. Pets who are stolen, pets who are lost during natural disasters. Families wanted those pets, but somehow the pet became lost, stolen, or disappeared. That's also a type of loss that we need to deal with. Choose me. I'm a good dog, I don't bite, and I'd love to fall asleep beside your bed every night. Choose me. I'm looking for a home, and I'll be the best friend you've ever known. I have a caller on the line. Hi, Susan. Hi. You had a loss of a pet. Yes, 
I'm a big-time dog lover. I had a beautiful Australian Shepherd. Bliss was the baby of a friend of mine who I loved her dog, Shiloh, who actually got us into therapy dog work. Yeah. And I met Bliss the moment she was born and just fell. We fell in love with each other. I don't know how else to put it, but. Yeah. Did you name her? I had a book from the 1940s of what to name your baby. And the name Bliss was in there. Oh, wow. And when I found out, it was just, oh, that's the perfect name for her. Because she was just such a happy, happy girl. Oh. One of the most misunderstood things for all of us is grief. How do you move past it? How do you support the people you love the most when their pet is dying or they've lost their pet? Susan opened up to me immediately on this phone call. Within minutes, she was crying. Let me tell you why. It's because she knew I was taking it very seriously how much pain she was in. All I had to do is ask her what her pet's name was, and then she went on to tell me more of the story of how she named her dog Bliss. This is the start of the healing process, when people get to tell their story and not feel judged, and they get to tell how they've enjoyed their pet and how deeply they've bonded with their beloved friend. Susan feels safe telling me about this because she knows I want to hear her story. I taught her to do a, uh, a fairy tale. This one trick I taught her was show me you love me and she'd jump in my arms. Aww. And she would do that with kid, you know, with the older kids. She'd jump right in their arms and kids just love that. Did she get sick? We were hopeful, but it just, she just went down. When, he, when they took her off of yeah. The, yeah. the IVs and stuff, she just went downhill. So oh, boy. I had to go and I put her, put her down there at the vet. Are you feeling uh, stuck, like the sadness just won't go away? You know, I grieved and everything, but I just can't seem to get over this. She really kept me together, you know? Yeah. We would just stare at each other all the time. (laughs) And I just miss her so much. Now, if you've never had a pet before, it might be hard for you to understand the type of connection a person can have with an animal like that. But let me assure you that that type of love that they share is real. Pets become members of our families, and they develop individual connections with each and every single member there, which is why it makes it so much harder when they do pass, because every single one of us has our own grieving process to go through. Do you let yourself still kind of see her in the house and and imagine having some eye contact and just being with her? Do you let yourself have that? Yeah, I made a little shrine for her. And right now I'm actually staring at one of my favorite pictures of her. She's looking at me on the shrine. So, you know, I have pictures of her all over my house. And I read somewhere that when you're grieving your dog to take down the pictures. But for me, it gives me some sense of still feeling her around. I like to look at the pictures. It's comforting. Grief comes in waves, and while there are similarities in how we heal, there are also great differences with each person. What I don't ever say to people is that I know exactly how you feel, because I don't. Nobody does. I can empathize with you, but I cannot fully grasp how important your animal friend was for you, because you may have spent every day for many years taking care of your pet. The meaning inside your heart is all-encompassing, 
and to tell you I know how you're feeling can feel uncaring. I do know how it felt when I lost my dog, and I will share that with you. Susan talks about building a shrine for her dog, where she places pictures and memories, and she revisits this every day. For some people, that can be healing, but for others, it might be too much stimulation. When my dog died, I removed all of his possessions in the house the same week. That's because I knew it would make me unnecessarily sad. I believe Susan is stuck in that loop with her shrine because she's been reliving the death of her dog a little bit too much. I gently will guide her in some new directions so she can release some of her pain. Okay, we're going to take a break now. You're listening to Pet Talk Forever in My Heart. If you'd like to call, the number is 877-712-1446. I'm Beth Holland. We'll be right back. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? A voice in your ear can take you anywhere. Audible. Get your first audiobook for free and feel every word. Seven ninety nine a month after 30-day trial. Starts automatically. Terms apply. Are you ready? We're back with Pet Talk Forever in My Heart with Derek Hart. Growing up, I had a black chihuahua that wasn't always the friendliest dog, but he was fun to have around. And as the years went on, he got older and older, until eventually it was at that point where he passed away. It was a pretty shocking and traumatic moment because it was my brother's birthday at the time, and we were all celebrating, only to find out that my dog eventually was dying of old age. In those moments, it's totally normal to feel sad or angry or hurt or not even know how you feel, to be in a state of shock where the emotions haven't hit you yet because just dealing with that is a tough thing to go through. I'm a dog, I like to play With ropes and bones, most every day Sticks and shoes, and rubber toys too I'm having a discussion with Susan, who lost her dog Bliss. I bring her experience about her dog into the here and now, as if her dog was still alive. Remembering the happy moments is important and helpful to bring up the sadness and then release the sadness. I genuinely care about what her daily life and routine was with her dog. That's so much a part of her memories with Bliss. What she did on a daily basis with her. How she spent her time with her. When people get too stuck in the sad feelings, it's often because they feel confused about feeling the good feelings. People sometimes feel guilty to remember the happy times because they think it's somewhat disrespectful and doesn't acknowledge how important their dog was. But that's simply not true. Sometimes people can get stuck in thinking too much about their daily routine with their dog. But my intuition tells me that Susan has not allowed herself to feel some of her feelings through and get it out. 
So I'm guiding her into the daily routine, into the details, into the story of her dog, Bliss. How did, how did you used to call her? Uh, Blissy. Do you let yourself do that sometimes? No, I don't. That might be a good thing to do. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Yeah. I want you to fill your house with her name. I want you to yell out her name, scream her name, just as if she was going to run up to you. Anytime you feel an emotion, call out her name as if she's right there in the house with you. How does that feel right now to think about doing that? It feels really sad. Yeah. Put you right in the feelings to make it happen right now. Yeah. Yeah. She's just a tough one to get over. I, we were just, you know, it's the first, I met her the minute she was born. I was there. Wow. And I don't have kids, so to me, she felt like my kid. She mm. really, really did. Did she uh, crawl in bed with you? Was it? Oh, yeah. She slept in bed with me, and <laughs> she slept back to back with me, which I loved. It always kept me warm. Oh, that's kind of unfair that their lifespan isn't as long as ours, isn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah. It like leaves a hole in your heart. Today we're talking about Susan's loss, about the grief she's been having, and she's pretty stuck there. It's taking months for the grief to lighten up. Time does not heal all wounds. This is unfortunately a statement that shows us all the confusion we have about grief. We don't want to feel pain. I know I don't. And I know Susan doesn't want to feel the pain about her dog Bliss. But I'm helping steer her directly into it just for a short time so she can feel it through. You will hear her in the next segment talk about how she needs to keep it together. What this means is that she will feel grief, but it doesn't go away. And if she feels it deeply, she can stay stuck and it can wreck her whole day. When I work with people on moving on with the loss of a pet, there's always only one goal. For you to regain your sense of well-being and regain mostly positive thoughts and memories about your best friend. And then, like I said, grief can come in waves, but there's a very specific set of actions to take to move it through faster. So what happens for you when she comes up? Do you kind of fight the feelings or are you, or are you being more gentle? Are you, letting, are you letting them come through? I'm kind of fighting it. I, yeah. you know, gosh, I feel like I could just cry for the next year yeah. if I yeah. let myself. So yeah. I'm kind of fighting it because I gotta, gotta keep it together, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, maybe I need to take some more time to let the feelings out. Yeah. One way that people choose to handle losing a pet is by going out and getting another pet. Now that's not to say that the new pet is replacing the old one. No new pet can ever take away the feelings that you had for that old one. But having a new pet now allows you to continue sharing those feelings of loving kindness over to this new animal. Animals in a way are just like people. They each have their own unique individual personalities. So as you bond with this new pet, learn what they're like, see what their personality is, and see how you two can connect. She'd be comforting you right now about her, wouldn't she? Yeah, she would. <laughs> yeah. She would. Just let that be there, you know. Let her have that time with you to comfort you about her. Can you, can you picture her by your side and kind of allow that? She might be the most yeah. comforting thing to have around in your mind. 
Yeah, I could definitely picture her yeah. comforting me. She'd actually be barking at me saying, knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> let's go for a walk. Come, let's go play. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she would do. <laughs> yeah, she'd want you to be happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she'd also appreciate that you're sad, too, because you care. Yeah, she would know. Yeah. She she was as attached to me as I was to her, so we had some type of bond in our brains where whatever it was that I wanted her to do, she'd get it and she would do it. She'd fig- I could see her looking at me like, oh, I get it now. I know what you're trying to tell me to do. And she'd do it. I'm bringing Susan's dog back to life for a moment by bringing up the details of how strong the emotional connection really is. Suggesting that her dog would comfort her helps her to remember how much love they had together. I'm reminding Susan that it was such a personal experience of joy that only she and Bliss really knew about. The details matter. I'm suggesting that she can bring back the memories of how much comfort her dog Bliss gave her and that she can even seek support and comfort by remembering what they had together. This is not a false experience. She's actually experiencing in her heart now how comforting Bliss is. Those positive happy memories allow her to suffer less by having a more pure form of grief move through her. What does it mean to have a pure form of grief? It means she's connecting her feelings to the loss and feeling it very deeply. And one day soon, she will feel it less. That's the magic of true grieving. It moves through and eventually becomes less. Susan has been stuck and not moving it through. When the feelings have been coming up, she's been fighting it. She stays busy. She hasn't stopped enough to do what we're doing on this call which is helping her to say goodbye to bliss. Now, I'm not trying to say once one pet goes, just immediately replace it with another. Everyone has their own time length to their grieving process. For you, that might be a year, might be a few months, it might be a few weeks. Figure out what works for you, but take the time to really process the feelings that you have deep down inside. And like I said before, everyone had their own individual connections with that pet. So a good way to kind of help understand your own feelings is to talk to other people that can relate to you in some way. Share those moments and feelings with your other family members. Let them know about the time that your pet did something really silly or that time they were really loving and caring and there for you. It can also be really hard to experience observing that animal get older to the point where it is going to pass away. It's hard to just sit there and watch it happen, but it is a natural process of life and it is something we have to come to terms with. I also had another dog that was a miniature Doberman Pinscher and as she got really, really old, her eyesight started to go, her hearing started to go and eventually she stopped eating as much and she started walking around her cage over and over because she couldn't really sense what was around her. It was so hard to watch. I just wanted to let her know that we were there for her. So I would pet her, I would talk to her, I would just spend time around her so she can feel my presence just there being with her. Stay where you are. We're going to be back. We do need to take a break. This is Pet Talk Forever in My Heart. I'm Beth Holland. 877-712-1446 is the number to call. We're going to be right back with Derek Hart. 
Hi, Tom Baudet. Now that Motel 6 has renovated their rooms, I figured I'd get a little work done myself. They got new bathrooms, bed linens, and flat screen TVs. I got rid of my jowls and turkey neck. But while Motel 6 makes travel painless by saving you more for what you travel for, I'm still in quite a bit of pain. Though you could never tell by the permanent smile on my face, I'm Tom Baudet from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Look online at motel6.com. Why aren't you eating, princess? I can't even look at you. I prepared it specially. It's your favorite. Do you expect me to eat this? Do you know who I am? Just try a little bit. I have family members who could hunt you down and kill you. Not even a nibble? You would vanish like this. Nothing left of you, just bones and bits of greasy hair. Oh, what's the matter? Your food offends me. I not sleep with you tonight. Princess, come back. No, I'm going to go and sit on Petio and stare at you until you give me what I want. Oh, and by the way, I have done big poo in Slipper. Oh, princess. If cats could talk, they'd demand a gourmet meal from Pro Diet. And we're back to Pet Talk Forever in My Heart with Derek Hart. Wake up in the morning and I'm all up in your face. DJ Kitty Scratch, got no sense of personal space. I smoke that catnip like I'm on a twip. I'm flying, I got nine lives. I ain't afraid of dying. I'm the king of the jungle. I got so much pride, but if it's waning, I'd rather just stay inside. Yo, sweating up the drapes and unraveling the rug. Pull my way to the top like a kitty cat hug. Other times, though, we lose pets unexpectedly or tragically and it could be super heartbreaking to experience those type of moments. The shock of the experience can really get to you which is why it's so important to talk to people about how you feel. Now you choose when you're ready to do that. You don't have to immediately start sharing how you feel. Take some time for yourself, think things through, but make sure at the end of the day to talk about your feelings. When I help people heal with the loss of their pet, One of the things I suggest is saying things out loud instead of just thinking about it. For example, I want people to say the word goodbye, but what's often more important is saying, I don't want to say goodbye, or I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. Often people don't realize that's exactly what they're feeling and that they don't have the right to say it. I'm upset you're gone. I'm having a really hard time letting go. Often people feel very guilty that they have some of the feelings that they do. I might suggest that the person says, I'm angry that you're not here anymore with me. You were my main companion every day when I got home from work. I want you back. Why did you have to go? Saying these things out loud with a compassionate listener takes you right into the feelings. But remember, these feelings are temporary and the point is to feel better. In a moment, You will hear how much lighter Susan feels when she does this in our very short conversation. It's hard to, it's really hard to say goodbye. It's impossible with this one. Is that something you're, you're willing to say to help you feel it? I've been trying to, but I just feel lost without her. It really has only been four months, so maybe. Yeah, maybe it's okay. Maybe there's no time limit. Yeah. That's true. Do you let yourself say the feelings, you know, out loud? Do you let yourself wake up and just kind of howl, you know, I miss you? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I want you back. I really want you back. It's not okay that you're gone. Yeah. I'm I'm not okay with it, and I'm not willing to say goodbye. 
So it's okay to say those things? Yeah, it's really helpful. Okay. I'll try yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, because I keep pushing it away and trying to pretend, and it just, I feel like it's getting worse because I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah. She would want you to feel happy again. And so it's not like you're putting down the loss or making it less meaningful, you know, the connection with her. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to try that? Do you want to say, I miss you? Yeah. Lucy, I miss you so much. I wish you were still here. I think of you all the time. Yeah. You'll always be in my heart. Yeah. And I love you so much. Yeah. I want you back. I want you back. I want you back now. I need you. Yeah. I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. I want to wake up with you at my back every morning still. I want to I want to go to bed with you and sleep back to back and wake up with you every morning. I want to see that little face again. I'm going to stare at you all day. How are you doing? I'm feeling a little bit lighter. Cause yeah. It makes me it makes me feel good to think about acting as if she's here. It just is yeah. a little comforting. One day you realize I think I have more happy feelings today than sad ones about her. Okay, that's a good goal. Yeah. So you've given me some really good tools to do it. So you feel a little bit lighter. I do. I feel, you know, like a pinky. <laughs> There's a lot in there, I can tell. Sure. But I'm sure. really glad that you helped me to see that it's in there. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When you have to say goodbye to your pet, there's a few things you can do to let the feelings come through you and move out of you. I want you to use your imagination. And in your imagination, your pet is still here with you. Call his name out. Call her name out. Do a couple routines like your pet's still here. Remember how much you enjoyed that. Remember it like it's happening right now. The more you're willing to tap into the feeling of pure joy with your pet right now, the more the sad, painful feelings will come up and out through you. Your pet was here to bring you tons of joy, and your pet would want you to remember the happy times. Think about the first time you met your pet and how quickly you knew he or she was yours. Bring that big smile onto your face about that moment, and then let the tears flow. I was born in a back alley about a year ago. My mama was a stray like me. Where she is now, I don't know. I've been chased and I've been yelled at I've lived most my life in fear But you can call me lucky Since I wound up here It's the end of the day And you are exhausted You had a brutal day of classes Punctuated by the world's most grueling workout Your muscles feel like jello And your brain feels like mush Oh, on a day like this, nothing can make you feel better. Or can it? Actually, there's something that can. It's fluffy and playful and it has four legs. Or maybe it's feathery with two legs. That's right. We're going to teach you why spending time with cute little fuzzy animals will actually improve your mental and physical health. So what can spending time with a pet do for you? A study published by the Journal of the Royal Society of Medicine in jolly old England 
found that dog owners, cat owners, and owners of fluffy little hamsters generally found that minor ailments improved when they spent time with their pets. Furthermore, a study by the American Heart Association found that people's blood pressure drops significantly by merely petting animals. These could be any animals, not just their own beloved pets. How do we know? Well, researchers with the AMA gave 48 volunteers a series of difficult math problems while measuring their blood pressure and other stress indicators. Half of them were given a temporary pet to spend time with. So, when the volunteers came back to do more incredibly difficult math problems six weeks later, those who had spent time with pets over the course of those six weeks didn't show the kind of stress reactions that the pet-free folks had. They were more mellow, more calm, better able to think rationally about the problem than those who didn't have any quality pet time. Clearly, animals are awesome. Hey man, it's just a dog. Yeah, I know, but he just, he does it all the time and he's not going to learn if I don't. Ah, good boy. We do need to take a break. You've been listening to Pet Talk Forever in My Heart with Derek Hart. And we're going to be right back. If you'd like to find out more information, you can go to understandeachother.com or you can call 877-712-1446. Does your dog have muddy, dirty paws? Well, here's your answer. The Paw Wash cleans dog's paws fast and easy. Just insert your dog's paw and leg into the device and pump up and down. The Paw Wash's unique hourglass design creates a suction of power that pulls that dirt, mud, sand, or salt the paw and leg and it stays in the device. You can clean all four paws in a little over a minute with just one fill. For retail or online sales go to www.thepawwash.com That's www.thepawwash.com Hi, Tombo Dad. Apparently the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. This is Pet Talk, forever in my heart with Derek Hart. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join the conversation, we'd love to have you. 877-712-1446. What's this? My belongings! Destroyed by a lonely beast. Who was the scoundrel who shredded up my pillow? Who was the hound who beheaded my Elmo? Who was the mutt who was drooling on my shoe? Who was the monster who gave a little chew? We've been discussing how to heal your heart with the passing of your pet. If you've lost a pet and you find yourself still pretty stuck in painful feelings, please leave me a confidential message at 877-712-1446. I can work with you and give you a very focused, individual plan on how to feel better. That's what I'm here for. Now, I want to tell you about the best resource I know to help you learn all the top stuff about raising animals, all kinds of animals, how to keep them healthy, how to detect when they're sick, and even a phone number you can call if you're not sure you should take your pet to the vet. How's that for a service? 
Have you ever gone back and forth all day wondering if you should incur the expense of going to the vet when your little dog or cat seems to just be having the blues? Well, now there's a resource available to you. This is called Wyatt's List, and the founder is Janice Wolf. That's W-Y-A-T-T-S-L-I-S-T dot com. The main motto for Wyatt's List, saving dogs by educating people. The founder is Janice Wolf. Just to let you know, Wyatt is Janice's trusted companion. Now, Janice is a canine behaviorist and also the founder of Merlin's Kids. Merlin's Kids is an organization dedicated to training dogs to be service dogs. And we're talking top-notch here. And they place those dogs to those in need. Merlin's Kids rescues dogs from shelters, trains them, and these dogs transform the lives of both the children and the adults they serve. Now, this is cool stuff, everybody. These dogs can be placed with children with autism, with veterans that suffer with post-traumatic stress disorder, and they even teach dogs how to detect diseases and medical conditions before people experience symptoms, and even before doctors can make a diagnosis. I want to welcome Janice to Pet Talk, forever in my heart. So Janice, I've been talking uh, in so much detail about uh, people that have lost their pet, and that takes me to another topic that is uh, of big interest, which is how does somebody know when they're ready to move on and get a new pet? And at the same time, how does somebody know that they're not just kind of masking you know, their, their pain and, and hiding what's happened in their heart. Uh, for example, pe- most people would understand if you go out and buy a dog or a, a cat, you know, you know, two or three days after your, your, your pet died, that's obviously too fast. So how do you talk to people about that and help people with that idea when they, when they contact you? Well, that's a great question, Derek, because it's actually pretty common. You know, you think about all the people out there who have gone through the joys of having a new puppy or dog, and once they're able to kind of experience that, it does leave a huge void in your life, your habits, your soul, your heart, and all. And a lot of times people think that they're going to fill that hole right away. The problem is, that you're still grieving and any dog, any animal, even people will feel that weaker grieving energy. And if you bring a puppy or dog into a situation like that, very often the puppy or dog is going to think like, "Uh uh-oh, you're pretty weak, so I better take over and be in charge. That can lead to horrible behavioral issues later. It can also lead to problems because you're always comparing the new dog to the old dog. And the old pet was special the same way that you're special, and you're never going to find that same exact pet. So the problem is when people start looking for that instant fix, instead of it being an instant fix, unfortunately, it tends to be a behavioral nightmare later on. We want to set you guys up for success, not for failure. So there's no magic number. How long does it take? Does it take a week, a month, a year? Some people are able to move forward. Uh, Very often people with children will end up really, really wanting to replace the pet. And, you know, as people decide they don't want to cry or they don't want to let the child um, kind of feel their pain. But it's important for you to really, as a family, 
get through that grief process before you're giving that new dog or that new pet that kind of green light to fill that spot. And, you know, really, I've had so many dogs for so long. There are definitely those dogs who kind of rip your soul out versus just the great dog that was the best dog in the world. Yeah. When you have one of the, you know, when you have one of those dogs who just rips your heart out, you might need a little longer. Yeah. You might need a lot longer. Um, so, you know, most people will wait uh, typically six months to even a year for a dog, for a new pet, particularly a dog, especially if you had one that was wonderful. And it's okay to, to not rush out. You know, you might want to investigate because what I found with uh, 35 plus years of experience with canine behavior uh-huh. is that the right animal usually finds you. Yeah, they give them a chance. They just appear, don't they? You know what I'm curious about? Uh, it's just coming to me now. Uh, when people have had such a you know a long experience, hopefully a long experience, you know, with their dog, you know, ten years, twelve years, fourteen years, you know, ho- hopefully longer. We want them to live forever. Actually, uh, do you specialize in teaching people how to pick the right breed and and with their with all their experience of what they have learned from all the pets they've had in the past, do you actually come to them sometimes and ask them a, a series of questions to lead them to the right type of dog? You know, big dog, small dog, dogs that you know are more active. Is, is that something that you would help people with? Absolutely, and actually, because of that very question. I have a website, and it's going to be huge. It's called Wyatt's List, W-Y-A-T-T-S-L-I-S-T dot com. And it's got a cute little uh, blue doggy that looks like my Wyatt, who is the love of my life and who will leave a cavern in my heart. But what's amazing is that you said that because it is so important to find that right dog. Remember, especially if you've had a dog for 10 or 15 years, or any pet, at that point, you're not the same you that you were 10 or 15 years prior. 10 or 15 years later, your three-year-old child is now off at college. Now you're an empty nester. So everything changes, and your lifestyle changes, your energy level changes, and your needs for that particular new pet, most of all, change. So you really want to look at where are you now and look 10 years ahead. Where do you want to be? Are you going to be traveling a lot? Maybe, you know, someone's uh, 75 or so. Might be time for you to think of adopting an older pet. Maybe a pet who's already housebroken and you don't have to go through the puppy things. You know, different things happen through life. And I think that, you know, Wyatt's list is very instrumental because we go through so many different issues, not just you know, which dog to select, which is one of them, but we actually offer courses to teach people. We actually have seminars that you can sign up for. And what's great about that is we help you so that you're not going to be one of the statistics, sorry, so that you're not going to be one of the statistics of having to euthanize your dog or relinquish it to a shelter because you made the wrong decision in getting that dog. We really want to set you up for success. And you know, make sure that you don't just rush out and get a pet 
because you're heartbroken. Make sure it's that new best friend that you're going to be able to enjoy for a really long time. This has been something, hasn't it? And we have more. We do need to take a break. This is Pet Talk Forever in My Heart with Derek Hart. The number to call is 877-712-1446. Stay where you are. We'll be right back. Does your dog have muddy, dirty paws? Well, here's your answer. The Paw Wash cleans dogs' paws fast and easy. Just insert your dog's paw and leg into the device and pump up and down. The Paw Wash's unique hourglass design creates a suction of power that pulls that dirt, mud, sand or salt off the paw and leg and it stays in the device. You can clean all four paws in a little over a minute with just one fill. For retail or online sales, go to www.thepawwash.com. That's www.thepawwash.com. What does it look like I'm doing? That's a silk cushion, Charlie. Stop it, it please. It releases Stop it. tension. Oh, do that. What's wrong with you? Do I have to spell it out? You're victimising me, Charlie. Let me sit next to you and tell this to your face. You need to step it up in the dinner department. I've got a refined taste. Know what I mean? But look at the state of my cushion. It's in ribbons. You're an evil monster. Now, you listen to me, Caroline. <laughs> Actually, no. Listen to my bum hole. Oh, no. There we go. Listen closely to that. Oh, Charles. If cats could talk, they'd demand a gourmet meal from Pro Diet. Oh, there's more. We're, we're back with Pet Talk Forever in My Heart with Derek Hart. Hi, I'm Beth Holland. The number to call to join the conversation is 877-712-1446. It was you and made the house so smelly it was you roll over and show me your belly it was you got into the kitty treats i can see your guilty face now show me your teeth i'm talking with janice wolf an expert on all animals but with an extra special focus on turning dogs even abandoned stray dogs, into some of the most productive members of society. She's a canine behavior specialist. And folks, this is not just your average dog trainer, but Janice can explain to us just how to get into the mind of the dog so we can better explain to them what we want. Janice is the founder of Wyatt's List and Merlin's Kids. If your dog is barking all day long in the yard or chewing things up all over your house, if you really understand why, then you're much more likely to know how to change that. So thanks for being here, Janice. I have some more questions for you. Have you ever uh, been in a conversation with anybody who's come to you for your expertise and uh, they were talking about their pet? Maybe they got sad. Maybe they started crying. Have you ever suggested to anybody you might want to wait a little longer and, and, and get some feelings out. I think it's a little early for you to be choosing a new pet. Has that ever actually happened? Yes, it happens all the times. It, it's happened actually hundreds of times. Oh, wow. One that comes to mind recently is a woman I was working with her, with her German Shepherd, who uh, was a bit aggressive and had a kind of a checkered past. And the woman herself was very depressed. She'd had a really horrible streak of luck and a lot of things happening. And the dog just died very suddenly. She came to me because we had become a bit of friends and had a little bit of a relationship built up. And I guided her through this and explained to her how she has to go through these stages of grief. Because if she goes and buys another dog, 
or adopts another dog, the dog is going to feel the excessive weakness and pain that she's going through. And really, a lot of when you're ready for the next dog depends on when you've been able to kind of go past and through the bereavement process so that you're not bringing your pain into the new relationship. Because you know what happens then if you get the wrong dog, you're not only always comparing it to the previous one, but the new one is never going to live up to anything. It can't because it's not the old pet. So it's really not fair for people to do that, but people do it. And sometimes, like I said, the dog that or the cat or the pet you're supposed to have is just waiting for the right time for when he or she knows it's the right time to yep. steal your heart away. Uh, do, do you actually ask uh, um, uh, almost within a, a little bit of an agenda s- specific questions to people to uh, determine if they're ready for a new pet? Like, Do you know that magical question that you might ask? Oh, to, yeah. Because well, <laughs> I have a couple in my head right now, obviously, doing grief work. What, what, do you, what would you say? Well, a lot of it is are you ready to not blame the new pet when it isn't the old pet? Oh, I've yeah. actually seen, um, I, and I had that with, I've, I have a lot of horses. I breed lipids on horses. Yeah. And when I lost my Merlin many, many years ago, I remember I didn't ride for six months. And you're talking about somebody who's, I usually ride eight or nine of my horses a day. And I couldn't get on another horse. It yeah. took me six months. And I remember... Then the first horse I rode was actually the first Lipizzan I had gotten. His name is Reba. And I remember, because he's very spooky, he's very different than Merlin was. And I remember myself being so angry and just just so disturbed on such a deep level that he wasn't doing what my old horse had done Mm -hmm. because he wasn't talented in the same way. And I just got off of him. I put him away, took care of him, and I just said, I don't want to ride any more horses. I wasn't ready, and that was already six months later. Yeah. So when you have that special pet, I think what really has to happen is you start, and a great way to start is go to a local foster or shelter or rescue. Ask them, can I foster a dog for you? See, hands-on. Am I ready? Because if you have that wonderful heart and your heart's open and you're feeling just like, oh, my gosh, I'm ready, you'll know you're ready. But that's a great way to do it. Just have a local rescue group or shelter and ask them if they need fosters. Take a nice, easy dog, maybe one that you might like, but go into it with an open mind and don't look at it as this is permanent. Just you have an out. So that's a great thing to do. And the other thing you have to ask yourself is, are you ready to not compare them and also not feel obligated in any way? Um, Your old dog might have been an obedience champion. Your old dog might have sat on the couch with you and watched your favorite movie three times a night for a month because you just were having, you know, the joy of that. But You have to be open to having something maybe new, maybe different, but wonderful, and look at it as having a new experience. So ask yourself, are you going to look at that dog, the new one, and constantly think of the old one? Right. Or are you going to look at that new dog or new cat or new pet as a new chapter in a future life? Wow. If if you were telling somebody 
uh, almost giving them a little meditation to do. And uh, you were asking them uh, if they're ready to get a new pet. Would you ask them something like, you know, how do you think about your your pet that died? Do you, do you have happy memories now or do you bring up those feelings and those ideas about your pet and still get constantly sad? Like, would you would you get into detailed questions like that ever with people? Yes, absolutely. And it really depends on the person. You can see, and it really depends on how bonded the person was with the prior pet. So a lot of times somebody is kind of moderately bonded with a pet. They like having the dog there or the cat there, but it was kind of, you know, they enjoy it, but they're not so heartbroken when it passes. Then there are people who are profoundly bonded who, those are the people who are like the lovers of the animals who just need to have that joy in their life, but who are really kind of more moved and maybe more affected by the loss. And then you have, you know, people who are, you know, over bonded or too deeply bonded, excessively bonded. And those to me are the people who are the ones who need to wait longer. Yeah. Because the more you were in love with your animal. And when I ask somebody well, tell me about your pet, and they start crying, they're probably not ready. But if I can ask them a question and say, well, tell me, I see this really cute picture here. Tell me what was that day like and what was around you, and can you remember the feeling, and they're smiling and they're laughing, then they're probably ready because they're open to having that joy again versus feeling only the pain. I have a person who came to me and said, I am a cat lover and I have this new relationship and uh, my partner is deathly allergic to cats. And I think they went and looked at a couple breeds. There's this one breed that's very hypoallergenic. But what they asked me was, is there a dog, probably a small dog, that you can kind of take, even as a puppy, kind of take for a walk maybe once a day? Like not like like what is the most mellow dog that is the closest to a cat in terms of I don't want to say care, but in terms of being a couch potato like this couple is. <laughs> That's a great question, and um, honestly, if if somebody if I were that passionate about cats as I am about dogs and horses, yep. um, I divorced a husband over that uh, oh. because he didn't want me to have my horse, and I uh, I said sorry, yeah. the horse is staying, have a nice life. Yeah, it wasn't quite that simple, but yeah. you do have to make sure that the person um, who you're with is going to be good to that animal as well. Yeah, there are a lot of little dogs who uh different breeds things that come to mind that are kind of cat-like or more things like uh maltese yeah um some of the the smaller breeds like that but really um i think that's the time when you want to adopt an older dog i would adopt a four or five year old dog who's going to live 15 years because you're still going to get the benefits of having the dog but you're going to be rescuing yeah and you'll have that kind of lower energy a lot of it has to do with the age so even if you're going to get a puppy, any puppy, it's a puppy. Yeah. And the, I always say the first year and a half belongs to the puppy, and the next 10 years belongs to the humans. Ah. So I would actually suggest that they look for something a bit 
on the less allergic side, which hypoallergenic is absolutely not true because some people are allergic to the uh, saliva, so you kind yeah. of stuck with that. Yeah. But really look for something that's a little older, especially if it's a couple who's not in their early 20s and are hikers. Yeah. If you have people who are in their even 40s, 50s, 60s, yep. get something that's already a few years old. You're saving a life. Yeah. You'll find the perfect dog, and it'll be a couch potato like you are. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely uh, uh, make sure they hear the show. You can find Janice Wolf at Wyatt's List, W-Y-A-T-T-S-L-I-S-T dot com. And all those great resources are free and available to you. And you can always make a donation to the site to help spread this great information and possibly rehabilitate another pet. I would just like to clear the record and say that you are not a dog. However, maybe it's time for you to stop thinking like a man and start thinking like a dog. I read an article in Psychology Today, and it's been proven within the scientific community that dogs act based on how they observe other dogs behaving. This process is known as allelomimetic behavior, and it's basically how dogs train themselves to do dog-like things. For example, if you get a new puppy, having an older dog there will help him learn the ropes. If the older dog automatically responds to certain key phrases, then the young puppy is going to pick that up because he also wants to fit in. In a way, we as people also act like this. We're given doctor toys to pretend to be doctors and little babies to pretend to be mothers. However, once we enter school, that focused training tends to slow down. Instead, we're pulled in multiple directions and taught various things to help us become more well-rounded. The problem is that this well-rounding is carried all the way through high school, leaving a bunch of kids ready to graduate still asking, what the hell do I want to do with my life? Not everyone has all the answers or knows exactly what they want to do, but I'm sure a lot of that can be attributed to the school system. Why are kids who are constantly flunking in classes not just taken out of school and put inside of a trade job? Teach them how to work in factories. Teach them how to build cars. Teach them how to do something productive. If we were to think more like dogs, we would learn early on that the best way to learn something is to find an experienced dog that can teach us how to do it. If students were to follow mentors all throughout their adolescent life, then by the time they were adults, they'd be ready to take on the real world. They'd be skilled in one particular field, and they'd have at least 10 years of experience doing it. A lot of teachers out there aren't passionate about teaching because they know their students aren't passionate about learning. If a puppy was trying to learn to go down a flight of stairs, having human encouragement sometimes just isn't enough. Instead, having that puppy watch an experienced dog do it over and over will help them build the confidence to do it themselves. Not only should people follow their passions in life, but they should seek out role models to teach them. So, if you're at a crossroads in your life, find someone who's passionate about something. Understand their behavior, learn their drive, and mimic their passions in a positive way to do the things that you want to do. And just stop thinking like a man for once and start thinking like a dog. This has been Pet Talk Forever in My Heart with Derek Hart. Would you like to join the conversation? We'd love to have you. 877-712-1446. If you'd like to find us online, go to understandeachother.com. Hi, I'm Beth Holland. We so appreciate you listening, and we'd love to hear your story. Share it with Derek anytime. Again, the number to call, 877-712-1446. Or contact him online at understandeachother.com. Well, I was cold and wet and hungry I was living on the street 
I had to go through garbage cans just to find a bite to eat. Then one day a man caught me. I admit I was afraid. But they cleaned me up and fed me. And they put me in this cage. Choose me. I'm a good dog, I don't bite. And I'd love to fall asleep beside your bed.